For Zoller, I'm Michael Folger. You are listening to The Great Measures Podcast. Hello and welcome to The Great Measures Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Folger. Uh, joining me today is Vice President and COO of MetalQuest Unlimited, Scott Volk. Scott, thanks for taking the time and welcome to The Great Measures Podcast. Yeah, thank you, Michael. I appreciate being here. So today's episode is going to focus on primarily on precision and efficiency in manufacturing and in the production process. Uh, but Scott, before we dive into some of the questions I have for you, can you uh, start by giving the listeners a little bit of background about MetalQuest as a company and what industries you guys serve and also what sets you apart in the industry? Sure. So MetalQuest started in 1996. Uh, it was a small job shop here in, in Nebraska. We're on the Kansas nebraska border, about two hours from Omaha, hour and a half from Lincoln. Um, we've kind of grown up to where most of our customers know us as more like a mid to high volume contract shop. Uh, we do a lot of multitasking uh, parts in the lathe department and horizontals. We're really big in automation. I'll kind of dive into that here. So what really kind of sets us apart is we look for parts that most customers find are really complex that might have taken multiple operations in another at, at their company or at another uh, one of the other vendor shops, and we're able to take those parts and condense them down into like a, a one and done situation. You know, like there's a good example of a part. It's a, a hydraulic fitting that was done in five operations at our customer's facility. We took that and condensed that down into just one uh, one operation. We run six hours unattended. Uh, it's a three-minute cycle time, and it, it, you know, so that's the type of thing. It's really hard without having a part to show you. It's kind of hard to describe, but it was a very complex part that you know, it, from taking that many machines, we're able to put that down into one operation. So that's what we, that type of work is what we really look to try to find, and that's what our customers know us for. Is um, a lot of our customers will say that you know we're their, their problem solver. So when they have some type of project that they have a really tough time figuring out how they're going to make or they need some design for manufacturing feedback. They come to us and ask us how they can get some costs out of the part, how they can make the part faster, how they can make the part easier to manufacture. Uh, we also are known for our automation. We've, over the course of the last 10 or so years, we've put a lot of focus on automating a lot of our processes. We have 13 robots in-house right now. Um, so an automation really, it isn't just about robots. It's about all of the equipment, all of the software, all the processes we have, you know, anything that's automating or you know, like improving processes and taking that human labor out of it. You know, one of the big things that we all run into, you know, Nebraska, especially in rural Nebraska, there's, we're just as bad as anybody where we can't find people. And so, you know, when the people we find, we need to have them doing very productive things. So the monotonous type work, we have to find a way to, to automate that. And, and that could be anything from a robot loading machine. It could be data entry on the computer side, which we'll kind of get into a little bit, I think, with TMS and some of the, the things we're doing there. But all of that we see is automation because it, it's taking that human element out of it and allowing us to be more productive and do more things with less people. And it's not less people because we want to have less people. It's less people because we can't find the people. Yeah, and like I said, you know, when we find people, we want them doing very productive, very value-added things. So anyway, so yeah, so th that's what we're kind of known for. Another thing is what really sets us apart in the industry. There's not, not that there's other shops that do this, but there aren't that many. That We call ourselves a contract vertically integrated company. 
which means that we are able to do anything that our customers do. We could literally take our customer's customer order and we could ship to our customer's customer and do all points in between. So anything from forecasting, inventory, logistics, in addition to the machining, assembly, any uh, outsourcing, subcontracting, whatever needs to be done, we can handle that from, from start to finish, which kind of puts us in a unique position where we can come in and if someone's having, going back to us being a problem solver, if they're having problems with like a, some type of an assembly or part family, we can take that entire thing off of their hands and take care of it here in-house. So that's one of the things that we try to market ourselves as one of our really good niches. So, you know, if you have parts that are really complex and having troubles with, if you have parts that you're trying to get some cost out of that maybe you need to come up with some type of automated solution, or if you have some type of part family or assembly that you need to have some type of like vertically integrated solution for the company for you. I want to touch briefly on something that you just mentioned. Um, you know, we hear a lot in, in manufacturing about the skills gap and about finding uh, qualified people to, to come into the industry. And that's obviously critical, like you said, for, for everyone in manufacturing. Um, I understand from, from some research on you guys that you have a few educational partners that you work with. Can you tell us a bit about those partnerships and, and how you guys are working outside of just, like you said, the automation and the technology to make things uh, more simple? How are you also working on the other end to bring in more qualified workers and help bridge some of that skills gap? Yeah, uh, absolutely. We, we have some really cool partnerships right now with both high schools and colleges. Um, I guess many, many, many years ago, we decided that in order for us to survive, we really need to engage education because that, that's the key to our future. And I'm of the mindset that it seems like a lot of people are quick to complain about the status of our industry, that we can't find people, but they're not so quick to figure out for solutions. So we want to be one of the leaders there and showing what can be done to really uh, do something different than we've done in the past to engage these students and, and show them that manufacturing can be a very challenging, very viable, very exciting career. So what we've done is uh, we have uh, about 50 miles away, there is a very rural school called the, it's the, the acronym is CAPS. It's the Center for Advanced Program Studies, I believe, I don't know off the top of my head, but uh, uh, they have a career pathway program. And um, they, I think they have like seven or eight programs now, anything from medical to construction to marketing, and they also have manufacturing. So we were able to get in on the ground level and help them develop their manufacturing program. So they have Haas Lays, Haas Mills, they have uh, manual equipment, they have welders, they have uh, even a heat treat furnace. They, I mean, they're fully set up as like a job shop. They can do some really great things. And they're able to now engage these students and show them and teach them, not even just show them, but teach them about careers in manufacturing. So that's one of the pathways that we've been working with. Another one is in Grand Island, which is in central Nebraska. Same type of thing. They have like a world-class career pathway institute there doing some really amazing things. And similar situation in Sandy Creek at the NCAPS program, where they have a lot of Haas equipment a lot of manual equipment, and they're able to teach these students manufacturing. So we engage the, the students every year through tours, through uh, just having like talks in front of the students talking about careers. We also serve, um, you know, I serve on the, the advisory councils for those programs. 
And then we also do the same thing with a couple of the, of the area community colleges and tech schools, whether Southeast Community College in Milford has a world-class manufacturing program, a machine program, and they also have a manufacturing engineering program, electromechanical, uh, non-destructive testing. So they're doing some really cool things in manufacturing there. And then in Central Community College in Hastings, they also have a top of the line, like world-class manufacturing machining program there as well. And so we're able to do the same thing that we're doing with the high schools where we're engaging those students, both with tours and going in front of them and talking with those students, working with the instructors, showing them what the latest and greatest technology is, you know, helping instructors stay on the cutting edge of what they need to teach the students, as well as showing the students what careers there are. And, you know, hopefully being able to get a few of them. You know, the, the challenge is that there's so many job openings and so few people that, you know, you're lucky to get a student a year with all your efforts, but that doesn't deter us because I feel like we going back, I want to be an example to everybody. If more people were doing this, I really think that we would have more people going into these programs because more people would be aware that this is an exciting career and there's a lot of good opportunities for them. And then we wouldn't have these problems. So, you know, even when one of my friends at another shop here in Nebraska nabs one of the students that I was looking for, I still feel good that they, you know, that we got one more in our career path now and you know hopefully we just keep working on bringing more students in and, and eventually it's going to help us all out switching gears a little bit and going back to uh your guys's kind of production process and, and your manufacturing there um you know from what you said i understand you do what would be considered maybe some more difficult uh, things to produce a lot of tight tolerance work i'd assume and precision work um you guys have a few different solutions from Zoller, both in tool presetting and in tool management. Can you talk about how some of those Zoller solutions help in the overall pursuit of uh, going after some tighter tolerance, higher precision work? Yeah, so I mean, fundamentally, first of all, if you're not making chips, you're not making money. So first and foremost, what the presetters have done for us is they have allowed us to keep the uptime of our spindles where they need to be. Um, so that, I mean, that's kind of the obvious thing, but when you dive into it, you know, a presetter allows you to have a more accurate tool. Um, a really good example of that would be like a boring head. We could take a boring head and the traditional way of doing that is you dial it in on a part. So obviously you're gonna scrap a part right off the bat and it's probably not gonna be where you need it. But what we've been able to do with the presetters is we're able to take a boring head and figure out, you know, boring heads, if you set them at nominal, a print nominal, that doesn't mean it's going to machine there. So you might need to be a few thousandths in or a few thousandths out. So we can go to the presetter. And once we've dialed that in and know where that's at, we preset to that known value where we're always going to have a perfect part every time we put that new tool in. And that's where we re really see a lot of the value in, in our Venturians and Hyperions is having that really precise tool where we're able to not only preset it, but preset it exactly where we need it to be, where we know when we put that tool into the machine, we are going to have a, a part, a perfect part coming out of that machine the first time out. So that takes our scrap level way down. You know, typically we are um, around 1% or less internal scrap in our company, which is something we're very proud of that we're able to maintain that really low scrap level. And that is attributed very much in part to having our presetters, because if we didn't have those, we would be dialing parts in and having scrap parts. And then even when we dial the parts in, it might not be at that target dimension that we need to start at. 
So that, that I guess is a, a big part of the right there, you know, also just one of the, uh, we have an index MS40-8 multi-spindle. That thing needs to be running all the time, you know, and we need to, when we open that door, we need to be changing tools as quick as possible. So with quick change tooling and with our Hyperion, you know, we've been able to get that door open and closed very quickly. And when we close that door, we know all of those parts are going to be coming out perfect. You know, that, that, that's the ultimate goal. So, I mean, that, that's a few of the things that we've seen that have, have really helped us out. Um, I guess another thing would be that we've seen that the presetters will help minimize errors because when you're, when you're doing something on the machine and you're able to put those offsets in the machine, there's just less human interaction. You don't have to worry about someone mistyping a number as much. Um, you don't have to worry about someone you know, presetting something in the machine or you know, like touching something off of the machine inaccurately. It, it just adds a level of consistency to what you're doing because everything is going to be the same no matter what. It, you know, it's kind of like a gauge. If you, if, if you hold a micrometer, if I measure a part, you measure a part, we're going to come up with a different dimension. So you have the same type of thing when you're setting tools in a machine. But when you have a presetter, you're consistently getting the exact same thing every time. So, I mean, I just keep going back to that. That consistency is really the key. And with that consistency, we're able to have better quality parts. So you touched on a couple things there, um, obviously the the low scrap rate um, and also, you know, having uh, in particular like the index, like you mentioned, they're running um, all the time. We often use the analogy that a machine tool is, is a lot like an airplane when it's sitting on the tarmac and it's not flying, you're losing money. Um, can you talk about maybe some of the specifics of how Zoller's TMS tool management solution software that you guys use there uh, helps both in reducing the scrap rate, um, increasing the transparency and also keeping those spindles running? Yeah, so what, what I love about TMS is it, it, it is the same software that you see in the tool crib on your Venturians and Hyperion right there at your desktop. So what allows us to do is we can do a lot of stuff offline without having to get in the way of the tool crib attendant. So it also allows us to do a lot of data transfer. So I'm gonna step back from TMS for a second just to give a better understanding how TMS fits into the whole picture. In our, going back to our automation, one of the things we've done is all of our systems within the company are all tied in with each other, they talk with each other. So if we have, um, let's say, uh, one of our tooling cutter reps comes in and they have the latest and greatest turning insert and we want to start using that. Traditionally, you would need to enter that into your ERP system so your buyers could buy that. You, If you had a tool management system, a tool cribs or a tool cabinet system like we do, you would have to enter it in there and then you'd also have to enter it in your presetter. So obviously all of those things, that takes time. So what we've done is allowed it where we can enter it in in one spot and all of those systems all have that same information and if that information would get tweaked let's say like a vendor number changes or whatever it is that all gets sent out to all of the systems so now going with tms when when we go into tms and let's say we, one of our uh, engineers or one of our setup guys is going to create a new a new job you know we get a new part in from a customer and we're figuring out the tooling we need to use all of our tooling that we have in our system is all immediately available to them at their fingertips at TMS without having to go in front of a presetter, push the crib attendant out of the way. They can sit in and they can build their tools. So we'll build 
a tool assembly using all of the tools, all of the spare parts and everything that we have loaded in our system already is immediately right there. So, I mean, that streamlines the process tremendously and really helps with the communication. So when we have a tool assembly applied to a setup sheet, it is the exact same information that everyone else is seeing, whether you're a buyer or whether you're shipping and receiving and bringing something in and putting it away in a cabinet, or you're the guy in a tool crib, everybody has that same information. So, I mean, that that has done a lot for us. One of the other things is uh, we use TMS to manage our machines. So uh, we do we have a, a, a maintenance program. It's a home-built maintenance program, but we use TMS as kind of like one of the, that's like the core of where all the information sits. So that, you know, anything from knowing the serial number of the machine to how much, the, how large a coolant tank is to all of the maintenance history is all hinging on the information that we have in our TMS system. So by doing that, now we, we have a, a, a preventative maintenance system. So we have a web-based preventative maintenance system, which again, relies on information that we have loaded in TMS and the operators able to do their daily, weekly, monthly preventative maintenance on everything. And without TMS, it would be a lot more difficult to do that because you know that's kind of the hub where we have all of our machine information kept. So, I mean, that's not something that's out of the box with TMS, but TMS is a very integral part of that where it would be a lot harder to do if we didn't have that system in place right now. I'm going to read you um, a couple of kind of different terms um, that I think are, are both very relevant and central to the success, both at Zoller and at MetalQuest. Um, you know, things like automation, like you touched on, traceability, um, computer-controlled inspection, continuous improvement. Can you kind of talk about how those things fit into the puzzle at, at MetalQuest as a whole and, and also at Zoller as far as how you've seen with the technology from Zoller you guys have there? Yeah, I, I mean, it kind of, I feel like I might be repeating myself a little bit here because it really kind of you know, ties in with the things I was just talking about, you know, like with the, the automation, you know, going back to what I said early on, automation just isn't robots. So what the, the TMS and the pilot software has allowed us to do is to automate that data entry and that data exchange between all of the departments within our organization. So from that standpoint, it's the Zoller package has made things much more streamlined and, and you know we can do things much quicker, a lot simpler, and a lot less error prone because of that being like a core part of our system. So that would be one. The second would be going back to the just the ability to have that that consistent process where tool crib attendant collects the tools, he cleans the tools, he presets the tools. We know they're going to be right, takes them back out the machine and they're, they're going to work. So we just have that really nice, and then it's not so much automated, but consistent controlled process that allows us to make sure that we're making quality parts every time that we load a tool into the machine. Um, and you know, the continuous improvement, I mean, that that's core at MetalQuest. And that's also, I think, obviously core with Zoller. And going back to what I'm saying here, that it's nice to have a product that continues to evolve. And we just got the latest and greatest version of the software a couple months ago, and it was a really nice upgrade. Um, and we really like the things like the widgets to go to, to do things quicker because it's all about doing having less clicks, less steps is, is in the name of the game. You know, it goes back to what I was saying before, the, the more that you can automate this stuff, the more you can take that human action out of it, the, the more productive you can be. So we're always looking to do things better. So 
from the standpoint of knowing that we're getting software that's continuing to evolve and continuing to improve is, is very satisfying, you know, versus somebody who just has a static software that hasn't updated for the last three or four years, that could be really concerning. The other thing is, is the software is, allows us to use it with our other systems. So that allows us to continue to improve our overall process because there's something maybe we want to do with maintenance today or tomorrow that we're not doing today. And with TMS, I feel comfortable that we can add an additional field and add that extra information where, you know, a lot of software you can't. It's what you have in the box is what you get. One of the things I love about TMS is you have customizable fields. So you can go in, you can change labels on fields and you can put new fields in there. So we come in and all of a sudden we need to have some type of new tracking number that we didn't think about two months ago that we have to have on our assemblies. No problem. We just go in and we add a field and now it's in there. It's available to anybody that's using the system. I mean, I think that that's a, a huge, huge benefit with, with TMS. So yeah, I guess those are just a few things off the top of the head. I guess I, the other thing I think you mentioned was traceability. Um, you know, one of the things that for us, traceability is huge within our company. Um, stepping back again from, from TMS or Zoller, but just in general, when we purchase something from the point of purchase until the point that we ship something out or the point something is consumed, it is being tracked in our system. So for example, we buy a uh, piece of bar stock. It comes in, as soon as it comes in the door, it's tagged, it's put in a, locate, a known location. And from that point forward, I can track that bar stock as it becomes a part and then track that part through the system until it goes to our customer. If there's an insert, that insert is immediately identified. It's put in its, its uh, location in our tool cabinets. It's available and we can see that in the presetter. We can go take that stuff out, build our assemblies. We're tracking our assemblies in our tool cabinets. So everything is available. You know, if I'm an operator and I need a tool assembly for my job, I can go look in the system, see exactly where that's at. I can go get it. I can take that out, use it in my machine. We can see that that assembly has been taken out. So we know we need to make another one. So we're having all of these triggers by transactions with things going in and out, telling people that we need to, to build something or that we're okay. You know, our, our uh, purchasing people can look and see where our levels are at if we need to buy things. Um, I guess one thing that I think is pretty cool is with our tool assemblies, since we're able to build those in TMS and track everything the way we are, if I, let's say we have a, a tool assembly, like a face mill that has five inserts on it, but it's, it's in the cabinet and we're not using it, I can still track those five inserts as five inserts in my inventory. So when my actual box of inserts might have five less in it, I'm not buying more inserts yet because I still have 10 inserts from that box. Five of them are in that face mill. But when that face mill gets taken out, that assembly gets taken out, now the purchasing department is triggered to know that we need to buy more inserts because we're down to the minimum quantity. So, you know, that's some of the things we're able to do with the traceability, which, you know, going back to TMS is core to that because it allows us to, to build those assemblies, which are tied directly in with all of our other systems to be able to track everything like we need to. If we set Zoller aside for a second, uh, let's say I'm a smaller company and I'm hearing terms that you're talking about like automation uh, or even like, let's say tool presetting. And I'm thinking, whoa, this is a little bit more than what we're doing right now. We don't really need things like that here. What would you tell a company in that position? Yeah. Uh, the first thing I'd say is I was you. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
I started out, I've been doing this since 1995. I worked for a small contract or a small job shop for seven and a half years. And I was aware of presetters. I mean, you know, obviously they've evolved a lot in that time frame, but that they were still around and uh, people are still using them. We weren't. And it was like, why, why should we need a presetter? I mean, we're just this tiny little company. I get to Metal Quest, same type of thing. We we were aware of presetters. We were paying attention to what was going on. But it's like, you know, that's for the big guys. You know, that's for GM and Ford and Boeing and people like that to have hundreds and thousands of machines. And yeah, actually, us little guys and people a lot smaller than us, we need them more than the big guys do. And because it goes back to you need to be more efficient. You need to eliminate as many steps as possible. You need that consistency. So especially, look, let's look at a job shop. You probably only have a couple machines, right? So when those machines go back to what I said before, if you're not making chips, you're not making money. Why would you not want to minimize your setups? Why would you not want to minimize the times you have to stop that machine? You know, in a traditional job shop setting, first you have a long setup because you have to touch off all of your tools in the machine whether that's if there maybe is a, a touch probe in the machine, if you're lucky, and a lot of times you're touching it right up on the part or on some type of like touch off light or something. Well, you're not making parts. You're, you're touching off all those tools. So on the setup time, it's magnitudes longer than it otherwise would be. And then when you start running that job, if your tool wears out, now you stop and you have to go and do that whole cycle again. Well, if you have a presetter, you've eliminated all of that. You know, we've taken setups that used to take like eight or nine hours and taken them down to an hour because of our presetter. So, I mean, that's huge. And in a job shop environment where you only have a couple machines and a couple people, that becomes even that much more important. And then I want to get that job in as a just small job shop. I want to get that job in and out as quick as possible so I can get to that next job. Time is money. You know, a lot of times you only work in one shift. So I only have a few people and I only have one shift that I can work. I need to make sure that I am cutting chips as quick as possible. Otherwise, I'm losing capacity. If I'm losing capacity, I'm losing opportunities. Obviously, that's not a good thing. So, I mean, that would be my immediate sales pitch on why everybody should have a presetter. Well, I certainly agree with you on a lot of those points, definitely. Uh, and finally, just to wrap up, if you had any other advice outside of what you've uh, already covered there, for any company looking to make improvements, either in their efficiency, in their accuracy of their parts, in reducing costs in their production process, what advice would that be? I guess I would say you know, do your homework. Um, I, obviously, we're pretty particular on Zoller, and I think it's for good reason. But everybody should do their homework and see what fits best for their own situation. I feel that Zoller has a really great package because it's not just the presetter. It's Zoller is looking at the entire tool crib that, you know, and the entire shop and how that shop interacts with each other. And going back to you know, in this day and age, you need to have that level of automation and efficiency within your company. And what Zoller does is it provides that complete package for you. So do your homework, see what works best for you, but really be thinking about what, what you need in your company to make yourself more efficient, more profitable. And I think that you'll probably see that Zoller is going to be right at the top of your list because of that holistic approach that Zoller takes to your shop and not just to presetting tools. Well, Scott, thank you so much for joining us on the Great Measures podcast today. I really appreciate you taking the time and for all the answers that you gave. It, it certainly gives us all a lot to think about, definitely. So thank you. Well, thank you, Michael. I really appreciate the opportunity. It was a lot of fun. 
And as always, if any listeners have any questions or comments or have a suggestion for a topic on a future episode, please do reach out to us at podcast at zoller-usa.com. On behalf of everyone at Zoller, I'm Michael Folger. We thank you all for tuning in, and we hope you'll join us again soon for another episode of the Great Measures Podcast.